Hello everyone, my name is Major and welcome to episode 15 of The Heat Code. In today's episode, we are going to be breaking down Miami's 123-100 to win over the Sacramento Kings. And even though it was just the Kings, this was a massive game for the Heat to put last week in the past. Last week, they played their worst basketball of the season and coming out and dominating the Kings like they should is a precedent that that is just going to stay in the past. The real Heat team is back, and it's important to get in that right mindset to set up for Wednesday night's game against the Boston Celtics. We are now sole possession of first again in the East, and if we beat the Celtics, we honestly are looking good for the one seed. So it's important that we continue this and that we make sure last week stays in the past. If that's just a one-week thing, we can all ignore it, forget about it, and the Heat will honestly probably be better off for it. So with that being said, let's jump into the game notes, and let's see what went differently for the Miami Heat than last week. Now the very first thing that sticks out and was evident if you watched last week's Heat team versus against the Sacramento Kings is the ball movement. The ball was popping. It was popping back and forth. No player held onto the ball and was trying to isolate near as much as whenever they were losing. Jimmy didn't try to play hero ball the whole game. Bam looked more comfortable in the offensive sets. And Kyle Lowry was doing exactly what this team needs to succeed. Now, if you look at Kyle Lowry's stat line specifically, you'll think he had an okay game. But like I've mentioned before, this is exactly what we need from Kyle Lowry. We don't need the 20-point games and the 15 assists, any crazy numbers. We just need solid, solid play overall. Now, I mentioned this. He was playing great in those two losses last week when he had around 20 points each taking care of the ball, he was great. But at the end of the day, that is not needed for the Heat. So his stat line of 9 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds, 0 turnovers, and then hitting 3 of 4 threes. So all of his points came from the 3-point line. So that helps create spacing. He's not clogging up the paint. We already have Jimmy and Bam who don't necessarily shoot threes. So if Kyle Lowry is also hitting threes. That helps Jimmy and Bam have more space to operate. But like I was saying, this is exactly what we need from Kyle Lowry. Don't get caught up in his numbers and get caught up if he's having a great scoring game or not. Now, we'll all love it, and I will never complain if he's knocking down 20 points. But I'm more important to see how the team plays more so than the stat lines. Now, I know I just said Jimmy doesn't shoot threes, but he has out of nowhere started making them, and I am all for it. He once again had a good shooting game from three. He shot three for five, which I will take that any day of the week from Jimmy. He's now shooting with more confidence, and he honestly, it seems more in the fluid, in motion of what he's trying to do, not him just jacking up a shot. It's like a natural shot for him now, and the ball has a lot better rotation and 
air flight going to the hoop, not just a dead straight line. Jimmy finished with 27 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds, 10 of 14 overall. I already mentioned the 3 of 5 from 3. He only had 3 turnovers, and he played great defense once again. His energy was there. This guy is back. I have no worries about Jimmy Butler for the rest of the season. He is back. We are going to be a force in the playoffs because of Jimmy and because of Kyle and because of Bam and obviously because of Hero as well. Hero had a great, great game off the bench. 8 of 15 overall, 20 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. And you might be noticing a trend with all of these players that I'm mentioning. They're not just one stat. They're all having all-around games and playing as a team. Now let's bring up Bam. Bam only had one assist. So he wasn't dishing out plenty of assists in that category. But he had 15 rebounds and 22 points and 10 of 16 shooting. So efficient game, crashing the boards, showing that energy, rebounding. Like I said, I wanted to see he brought that out. And 22 points on 10 of 16 shooting, take that any day of the week. It was all in the free-flowing of the offense. He didn't try to force anything. It was absolutely beautiful. The last player I want to talk about in this segment is P.J. Tucker. And he is back as well. He had his energy. He even hit a three finally. He had seven points, four rebounds, four assists, three of six overall from the field doing absolutely everything we need him to do. He was a plus 22 on the night, so that's right around most of the starters. Absolutely bounce-back game from P.J. Tucker. I loved it. I loved what I saw from this team. And let me say, I know this is the Sacramento Kings, and they're just honestly not good, but it's more so how they played, not who they played. They won by 23, and that's always fun to see the team win by a lot and have a great game and just dominate another team. But what I look for, and like I've mentioned many times, is how they actually play, not necessarily the score of the game. With this few games left in the seasons, it's more important the chemistry and if they're playing as a team than necessarily the results. And they were playing like a team. So that's why I'm so excited, not necessarily because they won, but how they played and they trusted each other. Like I started out saying the ball was popping. No one was holding it. It was just pass, 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 pass. That's why so many people had big assist numbers. They had 30 assists. Compare that to the Sacramento Kings with only 21. That just shows you how much the ball was moving, how much they were playing as a team. They loved playing together, and it was honestly such a refreshing game and put a lot of worries out of my mind. The Heat are back. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is obviously the big news in the starting lineup. Max Strews started over Duncan Robinson, and if anyone follows me on Twitter... Just listen to my podcast. Y'all know how much I love Duncan Robinson, but I share the love for Max Struess as well. So some people that were upset about this or 
thought I would be frustrated. I'm not at all. And there's a couple reasons for that. So reason number one is clearly we needed a change in the starting lineup and the start of games. We talk about it all the time. How when Duncan's in at the start, they run the same play. They start off really slow. Everything's just really, really like calculated and scripted. And being calculated is not bad. Even being scripted at times isn't bad. But when everyone knows what you're going to do at the start of every single game, and they clearly stop it every single time, maybe make a change. And we finally got that change. And honestly, Max Struess didn't have a good game. He was 2 of 9 from 3, finished with 8 points. So he wasn't having a great game. It was just more so the change. Now in the post-game press conference, they were all saying it was to be more free-flowing. People won't have to think as much, basically. They can just all play together, communication and chemistry. And that showed. So I was happy about this change. Now, if we pivot to the Duncan Robinson aspect of this, I loved it for Duncan as well. I sent out a tweet saying, don't be surprised if Duncan plays more free-flowing, more confident. And that's exactly what he did. You could tell in his head he wasn't thinking near as much and that he was just playing. He was just out there, no pressure, and he's having fun. And shooters, when they're having fun, that's when they shoot the best. You see Steph Curry, when he's making his shots, he's smiling, he's laughing, he's having a good time. And that's the same for every other shooter on the planet. You got to be having a good time. You got to be loose. You got to know every single shot's going in, and then you just got to be having fun. And that is why I thought Duncan might have a great game. So I called it my hot take was going to be Duncan has a monster game off the bench, and he did. He hit five threes. Shot 5 of 8 and had 15 points. So the only shots he did make were threes. But hey, five threes off the bench, that's a monster game in my book. And I loved the game from Duncan Robinson. Now if we pivot to be thinking about the long-term future, don't be surprised if Max Struess is in the starting lineup for the rest of the regular season. But also don't be surprised if Duncan Robinson goes right back into the starting lineup. It's going to be all about flow and what makes the team better. If they need to be more loose and need to have better communication, Struess is going to stay in. If that was just a one-time thing to give Duncan a little mental rest and mental reset, Duncan's going to jump right back in. But for the aspect of the playoffs, I don't think Struess is still going to get a lot of minutes. Duncan is going to jump back into the starting lineup, and if it's not Duncan, it's going to be Tyler Hero. Similar to Goran Dragic, where he was coming off the bench the whole regular season, then for the playoffs, jumped into the starting lineup. Tyler Hero could have that jump. But either way, I just feel like this is a regular season change, if not just a one-game change. But I loved it. I wasn't obsessed. Max Struess deserved it. I felt really happy for him, especially considering it was his birthday. Just Spo did exactly what this team needed. They had a lot of talks about it and everyone was on board. So I absolutely loved it. That is a sign 
that this team is figuring it out and that we should not be worried at all. So love Max Struess, love Duncan Robinson. I hope they both do well. And it looks like we might be getting around equal minutes for both of them. And I honestly think, at least in the short term, that'll help the Heat's offense be more free-flowing. Now next up for the Miami Heat, and I alluded to this earlier, is the Boston Celtics. This is a massive game for the Heat. If you want to look at the standings, we're just one game up on the Celtics and only .5 up on Milwaukee. So every game in the standing situation is going to mean a lot. But more importantly than just standings, I'm going to sound like a broken record. I don't really care about the standings or wins and losses right now. But it's how they play against an elite team. And I know Time Lord just got hurt. And hopefully for the Boston Celtics, he is able to come back sometime in the playoffs. But they still have an elite defense and they still have some superstars on their team. I'm a huge Jalen Brown fan and we all know about Jason Tatum. And then they have a pesky defender and Marcus Smart. So if they all three are playing, this is going to be a tough game and a great indication and where this Heat team actually is. If we come out and play like a team and the ball is moving like crazy, people are hitting their threes, playing great energy on the defensive end, going after rebounds and attacking the boards, not just hoping the ball comes to you, but attacking the ball and going and getting it, this is going to make us feel so, so good. We are going to throw last week out the window it's going to be like it never even happened and the heat are going to be back heat in five we all know that it's time for the world to know it once again my bold prediction for this game is that the heat come out firing they know how important this game is max Struess will hit a couple threes in the first quarter and then it'll be game over from then on I suspect in the third quarter, the Celtics will cut the game pretty close and it'll be a dogfight in the third. And then Tyler Hero is going to come in and end the game in the fourth. A Tyler and Jimmy fourth quarter to end the game. The guys are going to be playing loose. They're going to be playing aggressive. They're going to take some gambles. They're going to get a couple steals and they're going to attack defenders. They're not going to shy away. This is going to be the Miami Heat we know and love. And we are going to extend our lead in the Eastern Conference and set us up for the number one seed. I was told after last week the Heat would never get to the one seed again and we need to drop down to four or five. Well, I don't think Pat Riley, I don't think Eric Spolstra, I don't think Jimmy Butler, Udonis Haslam, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Bam Adebayo, P.J. Tucker, Markeith Morris. I don't think any of those guys want to be four or five. I don't care about the matchups, and neither do they. We're going to beat anyone we play. So look out for a great start, a lead at halftime, a dogfight of a third quarter, and then the fourth quarter is just going to be curtains. That's exactly what's going to happen. 
the Heat know how important this game is, and they're going to show up. And with all that being said, I just want to say thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. If you're new to the podcast, I would love some feedback on how you think it went um, or things that you thought I could do better. I love it. I'm just trying to improve and put out the best episodes I can for y'all. It's a learning process for me. But like I said, thank you for listening. Um, find me at Twitter at major underscore passons. Passons is spelled P-A-S-S-O-N-S. So that's major underscore passons. If you want the podcast specific Twitter, it is at the heat code. And like I said, let me know what you think. Share it with your friends. If you thought something was funny about it, send me a tweet, send me a DM. Now, y'all have a good night. We'll be celebrating Wednesday night that we now extended our lead over the Boston Celtics and that the Heat are back. Heat in five. Let's go Heat.